You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 284 of Podcateers. This week we primarily focus on Disney Plus and our experiences with it so far. Uh, leading up to that conversation, we also talk a little bit about Frozen 2, a Netflix film called Klaus. Gavin had the opportunity to chat with our pal Josh over at the Animation Station. The link to that talk will be in the blog post for this episode over at podcuteers.com 284. Make sure to head over there and check that out. Uh, we also talk about John Williams getting a Grammy nomination for a score for Galaxy's Edge. Plus, the music from Ogus Cantina is now available online. Remember that you can always join the conversation by giving us your thoughts on anything that we talk about, either by leaving a comment on the blog post for the episode, or by connecting with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or on YouTube. Just search for Podcateers. This holiday season, we'll be offering free shipping on all Podcateers gear orders over $35. No coupon is required. It'll just adjust itself during checkout. If you'd like to check out the items that we have for sale, you can go to podcateers.com gear. Another great way to support the podcast is by using our Amazon link this holiday season. This won't cost you anything extra, but it will give us a small commission from Amazon as a thank you for mentioning them on the podcast. To help us out, it's very simple. Go to podcuteers.com Amazon, click on the big Amazon button on that page, make your purchases just like you normally would, and Amazon will take care of the rest. To everyone using our link, we just want to say thank you. We appreciate the support. Finally, the best way to support what we do is by doing what listeners like you are already doing. Those listeners are a special group of folks called the FGP Squad, also known as our podcast, Fairy Godparents. It's the FGP Squad's monthly support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. And if you want to be part of that elite crew, you can find out more on how to sign up by going to podcateers.com FGP. To all of the members of the FGP Squad, Thank you so much, as always, for your continued support. It's time to get this episode started. Uh, I'm sorry I don't sound like I have a tremendous amount of energy. Uh, it's been a really taxing week uh, mentally and emotionally and physically. And uh, uh, I talk about it just a tiny, tiny bit on the podcast. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, but let's get this thing started. So here we go. This is episode 284 of Podcateers. You know, I usually start the podcast telling you about the crazy antics that happened during the week. Uh-huh. <sighs> this week has been just a roller coaster of emotions for me. I don't I don't know how much I'm going to share. I don't tend to share a lot of the private things that happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um uh I, I I don't instantly jump on social media and start posting a lot of that stuff, but <clears throat> it's yeah. been a tough week, uh, tough, tough last night, really. Uh, so first of all, I just want to say thank you to you guys for for doing this with me because it's kind of taking my mind off of a lot of things right now. It's kind of giving me a break from the mm-hmm. emotional roller coaster. Uh, we got you. I'll, I'll talk about <laughs> a little bit more about that, you know, maybe later, maybe another time. I don't know. 
<clears throat> but this is going to serve a, as a good distraction for me right now just to kind of disconnect and just kind of you know not not feel <laughs> i guess is totally. the best way to say it yeah i think most of us that listen to this podcast and that are on this podcast use disney and disney discussions as escapism so this yes. is the perfect place for that yeah yeah and oh totally and i appreciate that so i not not just you guys but i i appreciate everybody listening for the same reason because if if we didn't have listeners we wouldn't be doing this i mean we'd Touché. be doing it just not recorded and putting it out into the world somehow so mm-hmm. um yep. so yeah uh let's let's kind of shift into the podcast today so gavin You've been yes. at Designer Con this weekend. You've been yeah. kind of working the booth, doing the booth babe thing. How's uh, <laughs> how's it been holding up that round one, round two sign? Oh my gosh! Well, I do have the figure for it, but I'm not playing the role of booth babe this weekend. Oh man! Uh, I'm <laughs> one of the many zombie walkers up and down the aisles of uh, Epic Designer Con. Um, it's really cool. Like uh, there's a lot of conventions out there that do art and design, but this mm-hmm. one is like all aspects of art and design. So if you're a sneakerhead, there's tons of custom sneaker, like hot new release booths. Um, if you're a toy design nerd, there's tons of toy designers and makers. If you just like art and illustrations, there's tons of artists. Like it hits every angle. Uh, so yeah. And we basically were there almost from open to close yesterday and did the whole zigzag up and down every single aisle. And Mm -hmm. it took us the entire eight hours just to cover the floor. Uh, that's how big it is. So it, man, there's, there's a lot. I'm going back today. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to go back and get and, um, a couple spots that I didn't feel like I got to really spend enough time at. But yeah, man, DesignerCon is awesome if you love creative, designy, arty things. And it's super cheap. Like a whole weekend pass was like 35 bucks. What? So yeah, it's (laughs) in Anaheim, right across the street from the parks. So like next year, get tickets and go. It's awesome. Isn't this the first year that it's in Anaheim though? Because I thought I went to DesignerCon in Pasadena. It traditionally has been in Pasadena, okay. but they moved last year to Anaheim. So last year was the first year. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a few years since I've been, but the last one that I right. went to, I remember, was in Pasadena, and I just felt like it was outgrowing itself after going to mm-hmm. a couple of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a great place. I've met a lot of really interesting artists. I've mm-hmm. seen how it's grown uh, from just the artist selling it, it was kind of like a giant art walk almost when it first started and yeah. it's kind of morphed into this technology based convention where you get to ch- where you get a chance to see a lot of the cool tech and a, a, a lot of the cool uh software and stuff that people are also using you know to put together cartoons and films and it's just become a beast i i, I kind of love it actually i mm-hmm. i've missed going to that yeah, it's it's cool, man. It's a lot to take in, so you kind of have to, you know, pace yourself a little bit. Kind of like D twenty three. Yeah. Um, but all you right. know, it's not uh, it's not a convention that's all about like big panels and shows. It's mm-hmm. really just about the show floor. 
Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Okay. It's it's cool, man. It's cool. I can't wait to go back today. Right on, man. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully today you get a chance to do the booth babe thing, because you right. know, get a chance to walk around and strut them legs. Show it off. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> Heck yeah. Under those lights. Under yeah. those lights. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so I have to ask, con- considering that you've been at DesignerCon, have you chipped away some time to go watch Frozen 2? Because I know you were, uh, of the three of us, you were the most psyched for the release of Frozen yeah. 2. Uh, as of the recording of this episode, it already set a box office record for biggest global opening for an animated film, bringing in $350 million worldwide. Holy and it is cow. on track by the end, possibly in the next week or two, since it is Thanksgiving week. Uh, to also break that billion-dollar mark, which we've already seen six other Disney films do this year. Uh, have you wow. seen it? When do you plan to see it if you haven't? And how do you even feel about that stat? <laughs> well, I figured it would have, um, you know, it would pull in big numbers based on the original film, um, also based on the, um, how should I describe it, inescapable marketing of it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, it's been in our faces <laughs> for six months, uh, but that's fine. That's what they do. Um, honestly, I, I am excited about it. There's a chance that I'll be seeing it later today. Um, I don't know how big of a chance that is. And there's a chance that I'll be seeing it on Thanksgiving Eve if I don't see it tonight. So probably in the next week, I will have seen it. I will tell you that um, Netflix just released a film called Klaus. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have Netflix, go watch Klaus. Uh, it is fan freaking tastic, and I can't imagine that Frozen Two will be better than it because it's an artistic work of genius. It's so so good. Um, so for me, I feel like I've already seen my hit movie of the season, but. Uh, I am still excited about Frozen 2. I, I, I think I'll probably see it soon, but not yet. Klaus is the one with uh, Jason Schwartzman and Rashida Jones, right? That is correct. Nice. Okay. I yeah. heard about this film. I didn't know when it was going to drop on Netflix, but I mm-hmm. was anticipating watching this film. And it. I, I remember thinking that the animation style looked like flat stop motion to me. Yeah. And and I kind of loved the fact that it just looked like these paper cutouts kind of moving around and stuff. Like yeah. it was just a flat version of Nightmare Before Christmas almost. Dude, it's so beautiful the way they did it. So um, if you watch the film, um, go take a listen to um, the animation station did a review of it. Um, I hopped on over on that podcast to, to review it with Josh. Um so we have a whole discussion about it. And if you remember, Josh and I also went to the Lightbox Expo earlier this year. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And at that expo, Josh got to go to a panel with the artists of Klaus. Oh, and nice. they talked about their their technique of creating this film. And basically, it's all hand-drawn. It's a 2D film. Wow. Which is always the best way to go in animation. Like you, will, I'm sold if you tell me it's 2D. Uh, and they just created a, a lighting shading program that they apply to their 2d animations 
that casts light across the drawings in such a way that it gives it a bit of a three-dimensional pop. That is so, awesome. But it's all hand-drawn, and the animation quality is out of this world. It's so, so good. Sweet. Well, we yeah. are going to put up a link to that episode of the Animation Station up in the blog post for this episode. You can check it out at podcasters.com slash 284 if you want to take a listen. Uh, our pal Josh has been just killing it in the Animation Station realm with all of the interviews that he has. He's big on anime, so if you're big on anime, that's the podcast you want to be listening to. And it's always fun to listen to Gavin go back and talk to Josh and kind of discuss the things that, that they do over there. So podcasters.com slash 284 if you want to listen to that episode of the animation station um back to frozen though i gotta say that even watching the trailers i I was kind of hooked you know from the very beginning Uh, i think i've been very vocal about the fact that uh when i kind of first came in contact with frozen i reached the point of just kind of hating it because we were getting frozen overload all the time but Mm -hmm. as it began to die down and i kind of saw the film on what I like to call my terms, not on Disney's <laughs> terms. Uh, I've really grown to appreciate that film. And, you know, there's there was always a discussion of how it did a really good job of creating this amazing story that had to do with sisters and not a love interest like we have seen with previous princess or, you know, princess movies in general because Elsa's mm-hmm. technically really the first queen in a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Um And this one, I feel I've been reading some stuff on it and I've been doing my best not to read too much because of the fact that I don't want a lot of it spoiled before I finally get a chance to watch it. Mm. But there doesn't really seem to be a major villain in this film. And that's really interesting to me. I kind of stopped reading there because, again, I didn't want to get into spoiler territory. But Mm -hmm. I I like the fact that there's more of an internal struggle with the characters. And it's almost a deep dive into further character development than it is a film that was kind of tacked on to the first one. Mm -hmm. Although it was. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's kind of weird. But Into the Unknown... I already love it. Have you heard the new song? Oh, is that the song? No, yes. I haven't heard anything. Ah, it's Mm-mm. so good. <laughs> I'm on board with it. It is. I don't think it's going to reach the levels of Let It Go popularity. Um, but who knows? I could be wrong, right? Yeah. I could be completely wrong with that. Yeah. But it, it's such a great song. Nice. I'm going to put that song in the blog post for the episode if you haven't yet heard it. I would play a small clip of it right now, but YouTube copyright hates us, and so does Instagram <laughs> copyright. So we would, um, yeah, we, we'd be uh, taken down. So I'm not going to yep. play it, but I will put a link in the blog post in, for the episode uh, so you can hear it. Nice. So uh, I am excited to watch it. Uh, Mel, as the resident, heck no, I don't want me no Frozen anymore. <laughs> uh, considering... That, you know, your niece and nephew are still at the age that I think they can really fully appreciate this more than the hatred that most adults have grown <laughs> for Frozen. Well, they didn't grow up with that. <laughs> so <laughs> they lucked out. <laughs> so are they going to are, are they going to go watch this? Are you going to take them or are, are you going to give in to watching this film or wait till it's on Disney Plus or something? I think I'm OK. Depends. 
if they approach me, then yeah, because usually we go in like together as a family. Um, you know, I'll suck it up and I'll I'll go see it, no problem. <laughs> um, I don't hate it for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I I just became numb to it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I get that. Um, that's it. But you know. If it happens, it happens. And if I watch it, cool. If not, Disney Plus, it's all good. Yeah. You know, A. <laughs> I'm not going to say, like, oh, I'm not going to see it. No. I may eventually see it because it's a Disney film. Yeah. And I have seen, like, everything. Even if I fell asleep on some movies, like Brave. But, hey, I saw it. What? Oh, you just hit Gavin oh, <laughs> where it hurts. <laughs> Ouch. I'm trying to be slick. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he was going to catch it. He's like yeah. right there. So <laughs> he can hear you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's all right. Oh, man. Well, uh, if you do end up watching it, uh, obviously we, we totally want to hear what you have to say about it because I, I sure. think you're, you're the least, uh, I'll, I'll say it this way, you're the least excited to go watch it at this point yeah. of the three of us. I think yeah. Gavin's probably the most. I'm kind of in the middle, and you're definitely the least excited to watch it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that excitement level matches up to what we end up feeling after we watch the film if we end up watching it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, speaking of films, uh, I-, I think we still want to try to do a movie meetup for Jungle Cruise. That's going to be yes. coming up. I know that we talked about watching it together. We weren't going to make it an official, official movie meetup, but we were going to let you guys know where we were going to watch it. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out because the AMC at uh, Downtown Disney is no longer a thing. Now it's the yeah. AMC at Garden Walk, which is fine, I guess. Or is it at Garden Walk? No, that's uh, House of Blues. No. Yes, it's no longer Garden Walk. Block. That's House at Blues. Yeah, it's at the block. I don't know. We got to figure it out. We wanted something that was close to the park so that we can try to hop over after. So we're going to mm. keep talking about yeah. it, figure out when a good time would be, and see if we can start getting tickets. But once we figure that out, we'll put it all out there. We'd love to have you join us to just sit and chat about it after as well. Don't you think they should eventually like figure out what they're going to do at that end of downtown Disney? I'm, they've got those empty buildings there now. I'm right? sure they'll figure something out. I wouldn't be surprised if AMC came back in and said, you know what, we're just retaking the building. Yeah. Yeah, well, they need, something. They need to modernize that theater because it is kind of old uh, at this yeah, point. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it's not the modern feel for a theater, so yeah. they could redo it. But, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that they've just let that and the ESPN zone and the Rainforest Cafe and all that just kind of sit there and languish. I know they did the Mickey thing right? for a minute at the ESPN zone, but like, I don't know. It's just weird that they're that nothing has moved forward at all. Yeah. No. And then in front of uh, Rainforest, um, they have like a little temporary food truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it just looks so bad in front. Yeah. Like, it looks like City Walk. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, shade. <laughs> Look, I know we're not armchair Imagineering downtown Disney right now, but here we go. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I Round think, two? <laughs> well, I mean, look, uh, there's always room for improvement and there's always room for oh, ideas. Yeah. So I'm going to toss one out there. Rebecca, here you go. Uh, for downtown Disney... <laughs> the old AMC location you can 
redefine it however you want. You might even want to call it the Main Street Cinema Redux. And you just spruce up the entire theater so that it has newer amenities available and it looks nicer but it also has that classic theater feel to it sort of like the el capitan does then you can start holding premieres there and you can use it as a regular movie theater no longer owned by another franchise maybe run by another franchise but just branded disney oh wait what if it was the disney plus theater the disney plus theater yes so they the, could show or, all their new films, but they could also like run classic Disney stuff there all the time. So then we can call it Dude. the Off Main Street Cinema, sponsored by <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> huh? Perfect. So there you go. There's an idea yes. that I think uh, the Disneyland Resort and Imagineering should toy around with, get together with some kind of... Uh, movie conglomerate like AMC or Edwards or Tarkin or whoever. And then or right. Larkin. I said Tarkin. It's really Larkin. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's beyond my West Coast realm, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's a good idea. And they could sell, yeah, and then they, they could sell the popcorn buckets in there. Yes. I oh, mean. Oh, snap. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, the possibilities are endless. So there you go. There's your idea. Run with it. Do something oh. with that with that spot. <laughs> I like it. Uh, before we move on, since we're talking about movies, congratulations should be uh, sent out to John Williams, who received a Grammy nomination for his score of Galaxy's Edge uh, this last oh, week. Cool. I yeah. thought that was pretty awesome, considering that it's not a movie score. It's not anything for you know going to TV or anything, but um, it is a score nonetheless. And to get a Grammy nomination for something that very few people may ever hear is kind of fantastic. Is it uh, its own special category? What what is it for? You know what? I wish I knew what category it was in. That's Uh, weird. I believe Best Instrumental Composition. Is that what it is? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, in this, I'm trying to remember what. Uh, it was a piece that I was reading in Variety about it, but there was a couple of other like really big ones I think that that made it into that same one in previous years. But I'll put more information about it in the blog post for the episode. But I did want to at least throw the congratulations out there to John Williams because again, not many people are going to hear it in Galaxy's Edge. Heck, mm. I've been to Galaxy's Edge and I can barely hear it. Right, you, know, you have to like literally sit down, yeah. somewhere remote and listen yeah it's not a very simple thing to hear especially considering with the rustle and bustle of the people that are there i think that the earlier that you're there and the later that you're there it is much easier to hear it in the background but when it's full-blown packed like you just can't hear anything you know you hear more people and stuff so you hear the the tie fighters flying around you hear droids uh you hear the stormtroopers uh yeah, but very rarely do you hear the actual score of the land. So that was nice. Did you guys know? I, I just learned about this. Oga's Cantina, the playlist, is now on Spotify. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know yeah. this. Yeah. And I'm like, I could finally listen to this music. So I just wanted to bring it up in case I was like, oh, it's tricky because you couldn't really look up Oga's Cantina. You have to look up through Galaxy's Edge. Which is and fine. Then everything comes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm sure but, that we're able to embed that playlist. I think Spotify has that option available. Uh, if we have a way to do that, uh, I'll mm-hmm. try to embed it in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 284. And if I can't, I'll try to just put up a link so that when you click on it, it'll launch your Spotify directly with that playlist for you to listen to. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know we've done that before uh, it, with with songs that we've talked about in, in a podcast or something. So that I know I can do. Um, but yeah, I think this is just an extension of the play app, right? Because the play app had the opportunity to listen to songs, but through the iTunes music store. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, again, movie related, the infinity saga collector's edition was released for everybody that's been waiting for that. Uh, I know that Best Buy had a special collector's edition box, all 23 MCU films, a bonus disc, a letter from Kevin Feige, and an exclusive lithograph. I think just over 4,000 of those were made. It was coming in at $549.99 if you pre-ordered it on BestBuy.com. It's kind of nice because all of the films were available in 4K and in Blu-ray. And I remember just talking to a couple of people at work about this collector's edition, and they said, Ah, it's too expensive. How dare they? I was like, I I think it's actually cheaper than buying all of the 4K equivalents by themselves because... How many films is it? It's 23 films. It's 23 films and each 4K it's, uh, disc... It's 23.91 per film. 23.91 for film. And normally, if they're not on sale when they're 4K, they're about 30 bucks a piece. Hmm. Yeah. So if you buy the box set and you don't get them on sale, or if you've gone through the process of buying them in 4K individually, you've kind of already spent that. Yeah. You know, for those people that don't yeah. own it and just want the convenience of having everything in one box set, yeah, obviously this is a really great way to go. Especially, it makes a really great Christmas gift also. Uh, but... I mean, if you've purchased them all, I i mean, should we really complain that it's that much since we've already kind of spent that money? <laughs> that's true. That's a good, right? that's a good uh, question. <clears throat> so Thanks. that's available. Uh, it was really nice to, to know that there was some uh, exclusive footage from Infinity War and uh, Endgame that wasn't available before. It's got a lot mm. of Hulk footage that we've never seen before i'm hoping that they do a less expensive version of this that's not 4k because i don't have a 4k tv you know but i'd love to have a box set i own a lot of the films in the mcu but not all of them i've i've probably purchased about half of them on blu-ray because it's the ones that i felt were most important to me really uh, but to have them all in a convenient box set, I, I think that would be nice. But I, I don't think I want a collector's box set. I just want a box set. Yeah, it would be cool. Yeah, just um, um, get a shoe box. Okay. And then go to your <laughs> shelf and pull off all your MCU gotcha. um, movies. Gotcha. Uh huh. Put them in the shoe box. I'm with you. Instant box set. Gotcha. Okay. What about the ones that I'm missing? Um, well, you've got a one of a kind special edition box set with oh. only the important movies to you. It's you personalized. You know what? Sold. I'll take four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll take four. <laughs> uh, okay. 
So we're going to get into our main discussion for this episode shortly. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to remind you that this episode of Pocket Tears is brought to you by a wonderful group of folks known as the FGP Squad. The FGP Squad are listeners just like you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. They call themselves the FGP Squad, but we call them our podcast fairy godparents because it's their help, obviously, that help us make these episodes. And if you want a little more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad, you can head over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information. There you'll find a link to make a one-time or monthly contribution to on our Patreon page. And uh, if you have any questions, you can always hit us up on social media. Just search for Podcateers. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. So just send us a message. We'll be happy to answer any questions about it. Uh, it's a great time to become part of the FGP squad because we have some giveaways coming up. And whether you're new or whether you're a longtime member of the FGP squad, you are eligible to win any of those prizes that are coming up. Plus, if you sign up for a contribution of at least $5 or more monthly, you do get the exclusive uh, Podcateers Fairy Godparent button as a thank you for your support. So again, podcateers.com slash FGP is where you want to go for more information. And to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you, as always, for your continued support. Okay, so... Before we move on uh, to the Disney Plus discussion, I do want to just make one other comment as a follow-up to last episode, because we had been talking about Critter Country. It was our armchair Imagineering episode, and FGP Squad member Albert, speaking of the FGP Squad, left a message uh, on the post talking about what he would like to see. So he said he would like to see a supersized dark ride for Zootopia. That was his thought as well while we were talking about our ideas. He says, get rid of the Hungry Bear restaurant and make the ride twice as long as the standard dark ride. So it's a high capacity attraction. And then the Hungry Bear would be moved down the path into Batu and get rethemed as a full sit down. Nice. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that comment come in and I thought it was really good. I like the idea of moving the restaurant down because there does seem to be a long stretch of space around that bend. And that mm -hmm. end of Galaxy's Edge does feel a little empty. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it might help feel like it's more complete down there. I know that's kind of the idea is that you're off in the wilderness at that point. But it does feel a little... Like there's nothing over there, basically. Yeah. So I like right. it for that idea. I, for me, I still don't know if the aesthetic of Zootopia fits for me within Critter Country. That's my only thing. Um, and I do also feel like it deserves its own complete area, whether it's a full land or what. Um, for the restaurant? <laughs> We could be outside. Let's put some more barbecue. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> but also, there aren't many places to really eat. I mean, yeah, you have Ronto's, you have uh, Dock Bay 7, but you're kind of limited. So we could definitely use another, you know, sit-down area of restaurant. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, maintain the aesthetic. Put more trees if we need to. Why not? I think it'd be great because, again, I'm a sucker for the atmosphere and for the music and everything. And just to hear that while you're eating, mm -hmm. that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And just so you know, Gavin, there was another comment on there by uh, Disney Fan 1. Uh, 
listener Philip, who said the exact same thing you said that Zootopia really wouldn't fit the theming of Critter Country. Mm. Um, so I think after yeah. we talked about it a little bit more, I was convinced about the same. And I, I tend to agree with you a little bit more now. And I'm actually glad that I didn't end up going with that Zootopia theme because if, you know, once we open the third park further down in Anaheim, we really are going to want a Zootopia <laughs> mm-hmm. district to that park. Yeah. So, you know, it's all it, it's all going to be coming soon. Don't worry about it. Uh, once we have our sit down with Rebecca Campbell, we'll just make all that happen. So it'll be Sweet. fine. Now, are you still are you still feeling like the park um, at Angel Stadium works better than turning that into parking and making Toy Story the park? Look, I'm surveying different land areas at this point. I'll get back to you on that. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm for doing it at Toy Story lot and making parking satellite down at uh, Angel Stadium. Yeah, I'm still surveying different areas. I'll get back to okay. you on that. Monorail extension <laughs> down Harbor Boulevard and then across what is it Chapman? Uh, yeah, she's good. You guys are gonna just keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, we we totally could. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Disney Plus. Disney Plus launched recently in the United States, which is where we are located. If you're listening from anywhere outside of the United States, please leave a comment in the Instagram post for this episode so you guys can get a shout out on the next episode. We'd love to know where you guys are all listening from. And you know what? Forget it. If you're listening in the U.S., just say where you're listening from and you'll get a shout out. Yeah. Um, Disney Plus launched. There was a lot of anticipation, especially after we signed up, knowing that this thing was coming. This Disney Netflix was coming. And after playing with it for a couple of weeks, you know, last week we gave kind of a few words about how we felt about it. Uh, let's dive a little bit deeper into some of the pros, some of the cons, the content, uh, the interface, everything. So let's start there. Let's start with the interface. As far as the interface is concerned, it's not revolutionary. It's very standard, I think, to what we're used to seeing with services like Netflix and um, maybe Amazon Video. I think Hulu probably has the most unique interface when it comes to these streaming services. Mm-hmm. Uh, h- how do you guys feel about the landing on the side versus the top like some of the other services? I dig that. I think it works okay. Um I, you know, in general, I, I think it's interesting because they have the unique ability to kind of distill everything down into whatever it is, six main channels like Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, Nat Geo. Princesses. Princesses. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like uh, the ones across the top, the major categories. Under the And then under as you the go large, down, you've got yeah. the different like themed channels, right? Um, so I like the way that they've got that organized and then having that landing thing that you're talking about being over on the left. Yeah. To me, it makes no difference whether it's at the top or the bottom. What I like about it, it like some of the, like Hulu, you mentioned, I don't like Hulu because if you want to change one of the menu items at the top and you've scrolled down through a bunch of like titles, you got to scroll all Mm -hmm. the way back up just to get to that menu. And Mm -hmm. that's freaking annoying. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, so there's some things like that that I like. I, I feel like the interface, the the usability of it, I think needs some polish still because 
like when you pull up, let's say you've added a show to your list, you know, for example, I'm watching The Mandalorian, uh, like the rest of the planet. And uh, <laughs> when you pull it up and like, let's say you stopped in the middle of an episode, it's not real clear, like when you push play, like, is it going to start there or do you have to go down and select yeah. that episode? Like there's no like resume where you left off or you know, like a lot of the other features, it'll have like a keep watching, you know, it's like, okay, you yes. know, you're going to start. Yeah. Like, it's not real clear what's happening. Um, it seems like when I do just push play, it is picking up where I left off. So that's good. It's just not apparent that that's what it's going to do. And then, you know, we haven't seen a lot of episodes build up in these yet, but I, I, I'm not real sold on the way that their their original content is like lining up on their pages uh like the individual individual page for the show um but you know i think a lot of it too is just learning their interface and getting used to it and you know playing with it and trying different things because the streaming is great i feel like that's all good i like that they've got clearly themed categories too um because sometimes like I really think with Netflix, some of their categories are pretty convoluted. Like mm-hmm. I don't need a breakout between, you know, like a million different genres of British comedy, you right. know, just, just put it all together, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems it's very familiar. I'm not too familiar with Hulu. I barely use it. But with Netflix, it's like I just saw it as similar to Netflix. Um, but like Gavin was just talking about. When you're watching a TV show, like for instance, I'm watching Gravity Falls, and I don't see the um, uh, watch again or uh, continue watching. Mm-hmm. I don't have that feature, so I have to like go back, search it, and then mm-hmm. click on the the episode. Um, that's my only issue, is not having that function of just going and continuing because I love that. I love to just go back and just binge. Um, But I think that feature, I mean, I'm hoping that it'll come out one day sometime. It's funny. Maybe they're working on it. It's funny because I'm picturing like some savvy uh, listeners out there that have already figured out how to do this. They're like, you guys, it's this button right Uh, here. (laughs) We just don't know how to use it. (laughs) (laughs) That's very common for me these days. Yeah, and honestly, if that's the case, if it's just something that we haven't caught on to with the app yet, please leave a comment and let us know so mm-hmm. that we can update everybody as well. Because yeah. there are some quirks to it, like you said, and those are two... Um, I, I don't remember... And see, this is where it's kind of getting muddy for me now because I don't remember if I saw it uh, in on the TV or if I saw this on my phone, but I vaguely remember now seeing a resume versus play Hmm. and so i to me i kind of feel like if i'm seeing the word resume versus play that that Mm -hmm. just means pick up where you last left off Mm -hmm. so i don't know if i'm mixing it up with hulu in my head now but i distinctly remember seeing the word resume and my kids hitting resume on something and it just picked up where we were watching and I think it happened when we were watching Lady and the Tramp a couple days ago because oh yes it was Lady and the Tramp so we were they had already started watching Lady and the Tramp and 
uh, they were at about the halfway point, and then I started watching it with them. And my wife said, start it from the beginning so Dad can watch it with us. And I remember them going to the Lady and the Tramp page, and instead of a play button, it says resume. Oh, so okay. the play button does change the actual wording. And I think, I, I don't remember what it's like on the smart TVs or if it's on the Roku. But I know that on the phone, if you see the resume button, there's a small status bar underneath it that kind of shows you like what percentage you've watched already. Mm-hmm. So there is some indication now as far as whether you've started or not. And it doesn't distinctly say it in words, but there is the visual of something that you've started watching. So that could have been something that they fixed recently because I know that a lot of the fixes and a lot of the things that Disney has been doing uh, happen pretty quickly. They happen on the fly, and we saw this happen with Mickey's birthday. You know, as soon as Mickey's birthday hit, we saw Happy Birthday Mickey and all of the shorts kind of shoot up to the front of the list. So that was kind of cool. And then as soon as his birthday was over... It changed right back to Mickey Mouse shorts or the Mickey Mouse section, just like it was mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So that was nice to see. So if you haven't seen the resume portion of it, take a look again. Uh, and it might be app dependent. Again, I don't remember what it's like on some of the apps, but I know for a fact that I've seen it on the phone. Uh, I have a Samsung phone and I know that in my app, that's the case. So I can take a, like a screenshot of that and I can like post it in case anybody's wondering what it looks like. But yeah, uh, so take a look for that because that might be the way that they just to kind of keep the interface clean. You know, maybe, maybe. they don't want to put the wording in there just to keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that might be the best way to do it. But yeah, I, I think when it first started, there wasn't even a way to resume when the service first launched. I think it was a matter of you hit play and it just started from the beginning again. Mm, so yeah. I think over time they've been adding all these little fixes that have made the service a little bit better, especially as they're listening to the people that are watching. What are some of the features that they want to see? Mm. And I think this was a big one. Yeah. So the fact that they're moving so quickly is really great. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the troubles that they've had because on launch day, they seem to kind of just not work. We already talked about how Disney Plus reached 10 million subscribers on the first day. And I think we mentioned, hey, you know, this is a new service. Disney doesn't know what to expect. Uh, Honestly, I think they did a pretty good job of recouping the time. Uh, I think it was about three or four hours when they finally realized, hey, this is how much bandwidth we're going to need. It's hard to anticipate what you're going to see as bandwidth for something, especially when it's brand new, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When was the first time that you logged in and did you experience any problems trying to log in when it first launched? Um, Well, we signed up the day of, and I want to say it was like 7 o'clock in the morning when um, we tried to see it before I had to go to work, and I kind of bummed that I couldn't watch it at work. (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah, we had some issues where... um, it just wasn't loading mm-hmm. and we understood we totally understood because one here's all these other people like me signing up for the bundle for the hulu bundle and the espn um bundle that they offered um we waited just for that because we didn't want to sign up for the um just the regular you know disney plus uh, service mm-hmm. so 
to think about how many people were trying to stream, you know, people were staying up, not sleeping. Yeah. Then you got the regular folks like us waking up, trying to sign up. So honestly, I mean, there were just hiccups. I mean, it wasn't as bad. It didn't really break the service. You just had to have a little patience with it. Yeah. So I, I really can't complain. You know, it's not, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I think Gavin and I were in a unique situation because we were part of the group that were already signed up, right? We yeah. didn't have to worry about that. We just had to worry about getting an app to log in. Before we move over to Gavin to talk about his first experience, uh, I do want to mention that this bundle that you got, you got the 1297 mm -hmm. bundle, right? For both, for all three services. Yes. So if you're interested in getting that bundle and you currently don't have Hulu and you don't mind the ads, this bundle is great because you're getting Hulu, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus for $13 a month. And that's just a crazy good price for all three of those oh, services. Yeah. If you have the no ad Hulu, the one that's $12.99 monthly and you sign up for this bundle, when they bundle it up for you, you will still be paying $6.99 for Hulu. You basically get a $6.99 credit as part of the bundle, and you're paying the difference for Hulu so that you can get it ad-free. However, if you have this bundle, and then later down the line, because they all use the same Disney login, and you want to have the no ads Hulu, you cannot upgrade yet. You're locked into the one with ads as part of this bundle. Disney has not figured out a way to do that. I'm sure that it's in the works, but just yeah. know that in the meantime, you are locked into the Hulu with ads if you get this bundle without getting the Hulu with no ads before integrating it into your bundle. Mm -hmm. If that's confusing, yes, I know because <laughs> we went through it. So yep. I knew going in that we had, we used to have the Hulu with ads but then knowing that we were going to be doing this, we upgraded our Hulu to the one with no ads and then went into the bundle portion of it. Because, they, again, they all use the same login. So be careful, especially if you want to make sure that one day you're not going to want ads for Hulu. Do it that way or wait. Do not join your accounts yet until they have a way to do it in a little better way than, than what's currently available. Uh, so back to the, the subject. Gavin. First time logging in, what was your experience? Uh, yeah, as a proud member of the Disney Plus Founders Circle, Word. Uh, I did log in on day one, and I actually wasn't able to log in until after work, so it was about 5 p.m. in the evening. Uh, it seems like at that point, they kind of caught up. Uh, I had no issues or lags or anything uh, getting logged in. Uh, logged right in was watching The Mandalorian within 30 seconds and <laughs> yeah, loving it. My first experience was we had a countdown going because we knew that it was going to launch on a specific day. And all of a sudden we started getting alerts saying that the apps were available. And then we started seeing people posting about it. So we downloaded it on the Roku, we downloaded it on our phones. We logged in, set up all of our profiles, and we were watching within like two minutes after setting up all of the profile names, which, by the way, love the fact that you can have profiles. Oh, There's yeah. not mm -hmm. a huge difference right now with the profiles like you have with Hulu and with Netflix. 
I think that with those other services, there's such a huge selection that it's very easy for their algorithm to start throwing things at you that you may or may not like depending on what's on your profile, what's on your watch list, what's on mm -hmm. what your previously viewed list. But with Disney Plus, it's it's kind of a little of everything for everyone and it's it's such a it it feels weird to say that it's such a huge base of content and yet so much smaller in some senses. Yeah. Right? Because of everything that's available on those other services. So the profiles will serve the function of allowing you to sort through some of the things that you want to watch versus what your kids want to watch, what your spouse wants to watch, uh, whatever the case is, right? That's great. Uh, I, I, I just think it's going to be a little bit better once more content is there because regardless of the profile that you're seeing, you're kind of served the same menu. It's not really catered to the profile. And I don't know if that's going to change as the profile learns more about you and the more that you watch on the service. I don't know what type of AI is actually integrated into the service yet. So... I don't know what algorithm is currently serving you the content, but regardless of which one we log into, the menus look exactly the same. So I, I think it might just be a matter of it learning what we like, and then it'll yeah. start serving us more of what we, what it thinks we're going to like. So, right. But yeah, my experience was logged in really quickly. Uh, everything was great. The quality was fantastic right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it, how quickly it loaded such quality looking content. There are a lot of films that are streaming in 4K or in Ultra HD. And uh, some of the series, you know, like The Mandalorian, all of the original Star Wars films were converted to 4K. Frozen, Endgame, Little Mermaid, Toy Story, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, for some unexplicable reason the black cauldron was converted to 4k <laughs> so there's there's a lot of films that have been upscaled to this 4k and have been re-rendered look amazing on a 4k tv and it's such a great deal too because netflix currently offers their 4k starting at 15.99 monthly so the fact that you have this this option integrated into the service for the 699 or 1297 bundle is great yeah that's amazing i'm actually glad that they have a strip for that as one of the menu sets for ultra hd and hdr so that if you do have the capability of watching that you know exactly where to go to start looking or to start watching some of these films in 4k uh, on the uh, before you, we move on to the next thing, the the one interesting thing that I ran into, which I didn't really anticipate, is I guess I just assumed that Disney Plus would be available on all of our devices, but our main TV in our living room is one of these uh, smart TVs that has like a lot of apps built in, and uh, Disney Plus isn't available on the actual TV, at least not yet. And our Blu-ray player for that TV is uh, PlayStation 3, which is now a, an old uh, system. And there's no Disney Plus app available on that yet either. And I don't know if they will go back and make one for that. So uh, right now we can't watch Disney Plus in our like main viewing area. So we're thinking about maybe getting ourselves a new Blu-ray player for Christmas. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have older equipment that works just fine, but they don't have 
you know, they're not making new apps for some of these things. So yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, we ran into the same thing with our television. Uh, our television was one of the first generation smart TVs. And mm-hmm. so I think since then, there's been a lot of advancements in the like smart TV technology. Part of the reason that I think Disney Plus isn't available on some of these devices is because they don't support the security encryption that Disney Plus uses in order to stream properly. Uh. So manufacturers of older devices aren't going to want to go and try to integrate it because it's integrated into their new products. So it's easier for them to just say, just buy a new TV that has it instead of them spending Mm -hmm. billions of dollars developing for an old piece of technology. We also have a PS3 as our Blu-ray player and we ran into that problem as well. The best thing I can tell you is get a Roku. The yeah. Roku has all of the apps, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, YouTube, like everything is on the Roku. And I think it's like a hundred bucks and it's so much better, it's, especially if your Blu-ray player is still working. There's really no need for another one, especially if you're not a gamer. That's mm-hmm. been my mentality with our PS3. I'm running that thing into the ground. Yeah. We've had it for 12 years now is roku the same as the amazon fire stick is that basically the same concept it's better why it is the same concept but it's better because it handles streaming a lot better than the fire stick does the Mm. base unit itself has a lot more capability to cache and stream so that you drop less video so you get Mm. less pixelated video it streams a lot better the interface i believe is a little bit better and easier to navigate um, I can walk you through mine if you yeah. want to take a look at it, and then you can kind of decide there. They are very similar products. Okay. Uh, normally, for people that are in the Google ecosystem, I would say get maybe a Chromecast because all of the apps you can do on your phone and then Chromecast it to your to your television. And the Chromecast yeah. is only $35, and it works phenomenally with a, with a Chromecast as well. So if you don't want to spend the $100 or the $50 on the base Roku, then get yourself a Chromecast because it'll work even with iPhones. If you have an iPhone and you already have an Apple TV, you can cast on your Apple TV and your if your TV doesn't support it. And that's if you have an older Apple TV because most Apple TVs will support Disney Plus. So if the app isn't available because it's too old, you might be able to cast it using your phone over onto the Apple TV. So there's plenty of options, but I understand what you're saying about being bummed out that day one, just with these devices that we currently had, we couldn't use it. I'm running into that with my primary device for watching this uh, when I'm working on stuff is on a tablet. It's on an iPad. The Mm. iPad is so old that I couldn't even install Disney Plus. It straight up told me your device is too old. Please get a new one. Please go to the Apple store and fork over $700. And I said, Mm -hmm. nope, uh uh-uh, not today. No, (laughs) nope. And I set up my phone and I was like, how you like me now, iPad? I'm watching on my phone. (laughs) Just like that. So yeah, plenty of options. Uh, As a matter of fact, we will put some of the options that are available for purchase, including the Fire Stick, the Chromecast, in the blog post for the episode, podcuteers.com slash 284. Just know that all of those links are affiliate links for Podcuteers when you go to purchase on Amazon. If you choose to do that, we want to in advance say thank you because 
purchasing through our Amazon link does help us out uh, with a small kickback from Amazon every time you make a purchase using our link. If there's anything that you ever want to buy, remember that before you make your purchase, head over to podcasters.com slash Amazon, click on the big button, it'll take you to Amazon and it won't cost you anything extra, but we get a small commission from them as a thank you because you use our link. Uh, in advance, thank you to all of you that will be using those links to purchase uh, those devices this holiday season. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, how some of the things are broken up on the main screen. Uh, I touched on it just a little bit ago. You know, you have your originals, recommended for you, hit movies, trending, out of the vault, inspired by true stories, Disney Channel favorites, musicals, throwbacks, beasts and monsters, Disney Junior, Mickey Through the Years, documentaries. How do you guys feel about these and what would you like to see as an addition to these? Um, I My only issue, I like how they're broken out. They've got pretty straightforward themes um and especially for disney fans like we know what all these things are um my issue is like if you go to disney they'll have one um tier for animated movies and another tier for out of the vault and they're both animated movie tiers but they have slightly different lists right and neither of them is comprehensive you know, like you go to animated movies, it doesn't have all of the animated movies that are on there. You know, you have to find them in other places or search for them. Right. So that's my only issue right now is that some of the categories seem incomplete. Um, I know that some content is not on Disney Plus yet, but even the content that they have on there seems incomplete in certain categories where it should be like that particular one. It should have all of the animated films that they've got on Disney plus right now. And right. it doesn't. So like that, I think they could work on that. Um, but other than that, I, I like the way it's broken down. I like the way it's organized and it makes it fun to explore. You know, I've um, gone through different categories and just, thought ooh, that sounds interesting i wonder what they've put in that category you scroll through and you find some little nugget in there that you didn't expect to find and mm -hmm. that's but what's been fun to me is i've watched a bunch of random things here and there just by scrolling through and finding something uh so yeah I, i'm i'm i think it's headed in the right direction for sure what about you mel same um thoughts and whatnot um i'm sure like as we're gonna get like more um shows things being uploaded to the service. One thing I thought would be really cool to see is a category by decades. Yes. Just so mm -hmm. we could see, you know, what was during this time, mm -hmm. during this time, during this time. It may be a lot, but I think it'd be pretty cool, um, especially for those who want to study, you know, a certain era or whatnot. Yeah. Um, even for little ones. I mean, it's cool to say like, hey, this is when they started, da 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 da. This would be this year this or this decade um just an educational type of thing mm -hmm. but the way that they have it i mean that's pretty cool i i like it um gosh i don't really have a lot of cons about it i really don't yeah i like your idea there though about the decades because it, it makes me think of uh spotify that like I, yeah. I always start by thinking what am i in the mood for do i want some 60s yeah let's go to the yeah. 60s and i'll go to that decades tab and i'll go to the you know 1960s and that's i love that idea because sometimes you're just in the in the mood for a film from a particular era 
and you don't have necessarily one in mind but if you pick the 50s you know you could you could pick from a bunch of great films and Mm -hmm. yeah i man i like that idea a lot yeah uh i agree with you i I think that's a great idea on a similar note uh i wish they had two particular menu sets for the pixar timeline and the disney animation timeline where in order they showed you every animated film and every pixar film and short in the order that they were released and yes the shorts need to come before the films because they were technically before the films so they they would be starting with the very first one that they made all the way through the latest i think it would just be a really cool way to see everything in order because i think with the ability to watch tv shows in order you know dumping all the seasons out so we can watch them whenever we want this is a really good way to catch up with stuff that you've never seen before or you know like when we did uh right before infinity war and before endgame we were watching all of the mcu films in order granted Mm -hmm. not all the mcu stuff is on here but let's say you wanted to marathon you're an animation student like mel said and Mm -hmm. you want to marathon through all of the disney animated films to see what the progression was through the years and how they all kind of became what they are today wouldn't it be great to see them in the actual order without having to sort through everything and search for everything where Mm -hmm. they feel it's appropriate for you i'd love to see that one other thing I'd love to see is a way to hide what you've already seen so that it just doesn't like it's a toggle in your settings and then you can toggle it on and off and like, if you want to see them later. But mm. it, it, it kind of feel like it's one of those things where you have something to work for without seeing the clutter of all the stuff you've already seen already. Interesting. Yeah. So that way it's like process of elimination, right? It's only showing you the stuff you haven't seen so that you have, you're introduced to new stuff because if the, if the algorithm is similar to Netflix, it's going to re-show you the stuff that you've already seen because it knows you like it. But what if it finds something else you like, but it's buried 17 options down. You're never going to know about it because most people won't scroll that far. So if you had the option to hide the stuff you've seen, it'll start booting that stuff closer up to the front for you. Or they could tweak the algorithm. I don't know. Who knows? Well, on kind of on a a related note and thinking back on Spotify, it'd be cool if you could create your own playlists, Mm -hmm. you know, and then even if it's movies, it would just play them in a row for you. Like, let me throw all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies in a playlist and then just play the whole thing while you're working or you know like i do stuff like that in in my art studio when i'm working on a painting or something i'll just play movie after movie and it'd be cool if i could just put that into a playlist and just you know if i'm doing a pirates piece just play pirates movies you know the whole time that'd be cool I, i agree i agree yeah um so let's talk about some of the content uh before we move to some of this other stuff here um there's a lot of Disney Channel original series, a lot of uh, the DCOMs, the Disney Channel original movies. The Disney Plus originals, I think, have just been the star for me personally. Heck the yeah. Imagineering story. Yes. I'm <laughs> absolutely blown away by what the Imagineering story has been able to show us and what it, it's become for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen other documentaries and read books about Imagineering but this this story is done in such a way where if you didn't if you know nothing about Disney 
it's telling you a pretty comprehensive version of the Imagineering story. Yeah. And in a really yeah. interesting way. Yeah. Well, it's the first time that I've ever seen ima- like the whole story of Imagineering played out like as a narrative. Like yeah. We're seeing the whole history of it and seeing all the through lines, hearing from all the people who lived it and breathed it. And that's what's cool. You know, we've had tons of, like you said, little documentaries, um, you know, like Imagineering Disneyland, which is a great documentary um, or like lots of little books. But they're always little pieces, little specs. This is like showing you the whole tapestry of Imagineering. And it's so well produced and it has so much incredible footage that I've never seen before. And I think a lot of it has never been seen before. Um, You know, even if it's things that we have seen, like different shots of it from different angles or actual video of things that we've only previously seen still photos of. There's so much of that in there that for the super Disney nerdy fan, like it's just... (laughs) Uh, you, you just eat it up. Yeah, yeah, it's so 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 good. I'm I'm really pleased with what Leslie Iwerks has created for us, and yeah, that's one of the very best things on there by far. Gosh, that show! We needed that show a year ago when we were doing <laughs> our tour of Disneyland. Well, they teased it but, at two expos ago, and I we've just been waiting for it since then. Yeah, true, true, and. I mean, that's the, this is how I'm seeing it. I'm watching the story happen, but I'm seeing it as for us. You know how we talked about having to research, having to do everything, look through books, you know, every single thing. But to see it and be like, yeah, we talked about this. We studied this. We researched this. Um, and then to see the extra pieces and whatnot, it's just. It's been a a thrill ride, literally, mm-hmm. yeah. just yeah. having to see everything. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say like spoilers and whatnot, but yeah, there's some some parts in that show that you didn't think you would see. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first when I first heard about it, almost five years ago now, I thought it was just going to be a standard film. You know, mm-hmm. hour, yeah. hour and a half film that they were putting together. Me too. And quite honestly, I would have been super happy with that. I just knowing the access that Leslie Iwerks was going to be getting into the Disney archive to be able to put this documentary together was mm-hmm. just I was fascinated by the idea because it's something that I think as Disney fans and you know, we've never called ourselves Disney historians, but semi-Disney historians, I think we would love <laughs> to see that, right? All those photos, all those videos, uh, especially for Epcot. There was so much new Epcot stuff in the last episode, on the second episode that came out, that it. I just, I, I, I don't even know where yeah. to start with it without mm-hmm. spoiling everything that's in there. But uh, when, when I saw season one, you know, the way that it was broken up, I thought, oh, 
oh, this is multi episodes. <laughs> this is fantastic. And then obviously we found out that there was the episode two. There was episode three that just got released this week. Um, I am sorry to say that there is a finale to the Imagineering story. Mm-hmm. It says it's season one, but I'm not sure if there's going to be a season two. Uh, as of right now, the latest episode is called The Midas Touch. The next one coming up is called Hit or Miss. After that is going to be a carousel of progress and then the finale to infinity and beyond. So in mid-December, we will get the final episode of the Imagineering story. Man, come on. Yeah. From going from this possibly one hour movie to having this mini series, Mm -hmm. this in-depth mini series of the story of Imagineering, I I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's also I find it to be highly rewatchable. Yes, so oh yeah, it's something yes. I'll go back and watch many times. Yes, I've yeah. already seen the the few episodes that are on there several times a piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like like my dynamite. kids say, I'm trying to learn the words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, so the Imagineering story, definitely something that we all recommend watching on there. The Mandalorian, I think you guys have seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't seen the latest episode yet. I have not started. Okay. Oh. okay. I have not started. Okay. It's uh, good. I, I've considered, I, I I think I've been very clear about being a, a fair weather Star Wars fan. Sure. Uh, I, yeah. I think I'm more hardcore Marvel fan than anything else. So I've seen more of the Marvel content that's on there. Uh, so I'm Hazen, looking forward. There's no question about that. You're definitely yes, yes. more of a Marvel. <laughs> in guy. case, in case nobody knows about yeah. that, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> just make it clear. Um, but let's talk about some of the other stuff that's on there, like Spark Shorts. Yeah, we knew that the Spark Shorts were going to be on there. Uh, this last week, there was a little bit of controversy with some parents because of one of the lines in Pearl, which we already knew because we had seen on oh. YouTube before. <laughs> I don't think there was Mm -hmm. much warning outside of the little blurbs that they put up in the corner and maybe Mm -hmm. before you hit the play button. But for kids that are watching something like that and aren't necessarily reading that text, um, how do you guys feel about that in general? Well, um, I assume I, I never look at these things, but I know that they're on all the other services. I assume there are parental controls um, that you can turn on for Disney Plus. I may be wrong. Uh, seems like um, unfettered access if you don't want your kids to watch certain things is a bad idea. Um, so I don't I, I mean, I'm just assuming that, that they have the ability to control these things. Uh, so I don't really put that on Disney so much. Mm-hmm. So I will let you know that the app does have semi-parental controls. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you set up the profiles, there is an option underneath the avatar and the name that asks you if this is a kid's profile. And once you toggle it on, it's supposed to give you an interface and content that's suitable for kids. Mm -hmm. I haven't tested this personally yet, but there are people that were stating that even though their kids toggle was on, that they still were served the Pearl short, which Mm. says kiss my and then an expletive to most people. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else it hides, but on the same token, I would feel that it would also hide, I don't know, the Simpsons. 
right? right? Because I think The Simpsons isn't very kid appropriate. I think it's great for us, but not very kid appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I want to go in and test that. I, I feel bad that I didn't get a chance to test that and talk about it, which I could do that and then you know let you know in an upcoming episode. But yeah, so there is a, a children toggle, but so far it doesn't seem to do very much. Got it. <laughs> I just find it funny that We've got 30 seasons of The Simpsons, and, you know, some of us grew up with The Simpsons. We're fine. (laughs) We didn't turn out all bad. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean. That's funny. eh. Uh, Did you guys watch the new Spark Short float? Yes. Yes. That was very interesting. Um, Very beautifully animated. I I thought it was cool. It wasn't my favorite of the Spark Shorts so far, uh, but I'm interested to see what they bring us next. They're, the message, um, I think this is the first one where I'm like, oh my gosh, this one hits close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, the message behind it, it, it took a while until I heard the parent say those words because mm-hmm. I've, I've heard it. I've heard it at home. Um, I mean, I'll talk about it. Um, I have an autistic brother or a brother who has autism. Mm-hmm. So having to grow up and see the troubles and the frustrations and to see float come around was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this was beautiful. This is, you know, not a lot of people talk about it, which I understand it's, it's difficult, but it's great to see that Pixar did this and gave a, a, a voice. Yeah. And that's something I love about the shorts, um, whether it's just the Pixar shorts or the Spark shorts. I love the messages that they, you know, that they send out. And this one just, it, I was just so happy to see it at the end. I'm like, this was, yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, it's very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Pixar shorts really do raise uh, a level of awareness to things that I don't think are necessarily talked about in Disney animation or yeah. necessarily even in Pixar animation. So the fact that they've started to step out of the realm and really talk about things that are happening in the real world, I think is yeah. a huge step forward, not just for the Disney company, but animation in general. And, you know, going back to Kipple. You know, that was another right. strong message. Right. So, you know, the whole team behind the Spark Shorts, you know, kudos. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't wait to see the next one. Yeah. Right. So while we were talking, I decided to jump on my phone and take a look at the kids profile because I feel mm-hmm. like it just had to be a part of this episode. So I did jump into one of my kids profiles and it changes the interface slightly. The main banner only shows you uh, some Marvel animated stuff, a panel for Disney animation, one for Pixar animation, uh, and then one for Disney animated series. Underneath Ah. that, uh, the, the main panels underneath that generally say Pixar, Star Wars, Disney, Nat Geo are no Mm -hmm. longer there. And now it's broken up into Mickey and friends Princesses, Disney Junior, Superheroes, Action Adventure, and Animals Nature. Hmm. Uh, Ah. And then the featured Disney Channel series, Sing Your Heart Out. So some of the main uh, sets that have been created are named slightly different 
in the kids section area. So now you okay. get puppies and dogs, little cats and big cats, best friends forever, Disney Channel Aww. original movies, animated adventures, ready, set, go. And it's got like stuff like Herbie, Big Hero 6, Mickey and Roadster Racers, Cars, Cars 3, uh, all the Mater tunes um, or the Cars tunes, the Mater tales. Uh, and then it's got shorts. So it is a compressed version of it. So it does seem to be doing a lot. I did search for The Simpsons, does not come up. I searched for Star Wars, does not come up in the children's one. And uh, as far as uh, Pearl, when I searched for that, it did not come up, but it did offer a lot of other Pixar content in its place. Hmm. Nice. So in case anybody was wondering, the children's toggle or the kids toggle does seem to filter out the content really well. The way that you would want to toggle it is in your app. If you've already set up your different profiles, you go to edit profiles, you click on the one that you want to select and right underneath the name, you'll see kids profile with a slide toggle that you can turn on or off in order to make that happen. So there you go. I'm glad I checked because now I started to get worried about what my kids were able to watch and not watch. So what's been one of the things that you've been most surprised to see on Disney plus? Like what was that one thing that you saw that was like, Oh my God, I haven't seen this in forever. Black cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything and I had to watch it like, and I, yeah, so many questions after seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Very dark. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, definitely one of the and maybe that's why we don't hear much about it maybe <laughs> you know because it is darker than most disney films so maybe it's um purposely buried mm -hmm. yeah. maybe yeah speaking speaking of kind of purposely buried let's talk about some of the content alerts that disney has installed for films like dumbo for instance <laughs> um, where some of these films have a slight blurb saying that there may be some racial connotations in the film to, you know, to be aware of that. If you're watching this with children, I, I think early on when we were discussing the content that was going to be coming to Disney plus, we had wondered and mentioned what we thought Disney was going to do. And because of their tendency to re-edit films, we thought that they were just going to cut the films or recut the films and upload them without these scenes. But then mm -hmm. I think we argued against it because we thought it was pivotal to the film and how, you know, it really affects story flow and it was doing an injustice to the animators and all sorts of stuff that we talked about. Uh, some on the podcast, some off the podcast discussions. But uh, having this blurb before the films and in the descriptions, do you think that's enough? Do you think that Disney has to do anything like this? Like, how do you guys feel on that front of it? Well, times have changed for sure. I I'm sure. I mean, it's just more of um to be more sensitive towards today's um society, and you know to give the pro I guess to give the proper warning of hey um you know this this will have it. Just letting you know. I mean, maybe people. I mean, maybe those who don't know or don't um come from those times may not understand and may take it wrong so i mean it, you know i give ki i give uh disney you know credit for even doing that 
Um, I don't even know if they have that on the their actual like their DVDs or recent delete recently released DVDs. There we go. I don't know if they have that, but the fact that they did that, I mean, I gotta give them you know credit. Gavin, what about you? Yeah, I struggle with this one. I, I honestly feel like this is a result of the social media era in which we are living. Um, yeah. Where if it's online, people will, you know, get on a soapbox. They will pontificate. They will judge. They will, you know, cast things down, um, you know, basically in an unfiltered way. Uh, in the real world, however, um, Dumbo is spoken of with such love and reverence and nostalgia. Like it is one of those movies that on an emotional level, so many people are in love with it. You know, so many people list it as one of their very favorite films. And I never hear a single word in real life about these potential sensitivity issues that Dumbo has. Everybody just talks about how what a what a touching story it is, you know, but you put a blurb up online saying, hey, just so you know, there might be some things in here that are, you know, culturally insensitive. And especially today, we recognize that. Then all of a sudden, people after 90 years have a problem with it. You know, it's like, I don't know. I just feel that there's a lot of inconsistency out there and we can all recognize that. They would never do a thing like this today um, and that those insensitive things that happen in the film um, are not right, but they're there. It's part of Disney history. It's part of film history. And if we're going to throw out everything that includes anything that's controversial or you know what we've learned from over history then there's not going to be a whole lot left at a certain point, right. you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think we need to just be careful of casting, throwing out the baby with the bathwater, you know? Yeah. I, yes, there are some pieces of some films that are cringeworthy today, uh, but there's also some magic and love and positivity and beauty in those things as well. And just because a person gets one thing wrong doesn't make their whole life wrong. You know, just because a creator creates one wrong piece doesn't mean the whole thing they created is wrong. You know, so I think we just have to look at it with the right reasonable filters, understand the things that, um, you know, are, are, are good are still good and the things that are bad. Yeah. We recognize that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you said a lot of really key things, uh, right now that really reflect the direction that the Disney company has really been trying to go in for the last decade or two. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was that they wouldn't make something like this again in that context. Obviously they would be a lot more mindful about the world that Mm -hmm. we live in when they're creating a new animated feature or film. So for me personally, when I saw that this advisory existed, first of all, it's kind of buried. It's buried in the details. It's not necessarily in the direct uh, detail that you see when you first launch one of the films. Like, for, in, for instance, for Dumbo, 
in the main description, it tells you the tale of Dumbo, the baby elephant who uses his ears to soar to fame. See details for advisory. Mm-hmm. And so then you have oh. to click on details and then you read a little bit more about the synopsis of Dumbo. And at the end, it says contains tobacco depictions. This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. Uh, I think what they should do is if they are really concerned about something like this, then they should create like a little icon, kind of like we already have like TVMA, TVG, TVPG, one that's specific to Disney Plus, where if you're in kids mode, if it doesn't already, I, I haven't figured out what it doesn't filter out of all those that currently have that advisory, that it just doesn't show it to kids, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the parent's yeah. choice. And on the same token, I feel that as a parent, that's my responsibility to teach them why that's wrong and why we've moved on to a society that doesn't believe in things like that anymore. Mm -hmm. How it hurts people and how it depicts them in a really horrible light. Knowing how to act in certain situations, knowing how to treat people and knowing that there's nobody beneath you because of where they come from or anything like that. That's a lesson that comes from us, right? So that's, Mm -hmm. that's my job as a parent. This advisory isn't necessarily going to prevent me from showing this film to my kids. It's quite the opposite. It's going to help me start a conversation with them about at, at this age, why they need to learn these lessons and why they need to learn how to treat other people the same. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, cool. So a couple of other uh, just main points that I wanted to talk about uh, before we, we wrap up this Disney Plus uh, talk. First of all, I do want to mention some of the the answers that we got on Instagram because we had posted a few questions in our Instagram stories and some of you replied. So the first thing that I wanted to post out there was or not post out there. We posted and now I want to talk about it. That's <laughs> okay. Come on, Hazen. Um, so we talked about the avatars. We asked everybody. We posted our avatars and then we asked everybody else, you know, what are the avatars that you guys are using? Punk Poser responded, Vader. Uh, FGP squad member Anita said, Jack-Jack, because it's for our whole family. Jack-Jack's Aww. a good one because he's got like 20 million personalities so there's a personality (laughs) for everyone (laughs) uh let's see uh adriana also part of the fgp squad said tigger world full of laughter said jack jack as well Uh, my brother responded saying oswald respect the classics and it was obvious (laughs) hazen was going to pick iron man uh and then listener heather said mulan So there's a a good variety there. I think the fact that they give you so many icons and avatars to choose from is absolutely fantastic. We also posted the question, what's the thing you're most happy about being on Disney Plus? Potter's Girl 92 said Agent Carter. Agent Carter, kind of one of those sleeper series that didn't get a lot of love, but it's really good. And I hope that in the style of Netflix, uh, she didn't say any of this, by the way, I'm saying this now. I hope that in the (laughs) style of Netflix and Hulu and some of these other services that tend to give life to these series that somehow didn't just make it on network TV and got canceled. uh, I hope Agent Carter is one of those. 
that they somehow figure out a way to continue the story with because it was a pretty good series. Nice. Lynette Rodriguez said The Mandalorian. World Full of Laughter said The Imagineering Story. Can't argue with you there. They also said 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> old, so old, nice. uh, old great movie. I think we can all agree with that. Miguel U. Dave says old TV shows from the early 2000s. Yes, we started watching Lizzie McGuire <laughs> oh <my laughs> the God. other day and even Stevens. I love it. I can't believe that they're on there and I'm super happy about that myself. Along those same lines, we asked everybody, what's the first thing that you're going to watch once you log into Disney Plus? Adriana said Lizzie McGuire. Whoop, whoop. Listener Desiree <laughs> said the Imagineering story. Love seeing the footage of love seeing all the old footage of the parks in color. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Could not agree with me more. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you see the footage of Barker Bird? Yes. yes. It, it was great. It's like we just finished talking about this. This is fantastic. Right? And in Technicolor, not that grungy stuff we put up. <laughs> FGP Squad member Albert says The Mandalorian, already done. FGP Squad member Latasha said Tailspin, also a great cartoon. By the yes. way, the Disney Afternoon cartoons are all on Disney+. Plus. Watch them. It was such a great time in Disney animation. Gummy yep. Bears, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, uh, Tailspin, Rescue Rangers, all of that stuff. Go watch it. My kids love Rescue Rangers, by the way. We started nice. watching that as well, and they just are enamored by the fact that Chip and Dale are detectives. <laughs> so they're, they're like all over that. Listener Amanda said, uh, watched Lady and the Tramp original last night when it launched early. I think a lot of people did. You Can Call Me Glow also said The Mandalorian, and It's Just Mo said Binge Vault Movies. Yes. I mean, you have access yeah. to pretty much the entire vault. Why wouldn't you? All right. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for your answers regarding what some of the stuff that you're watching on Disney Plus is. Uh, if there's anything that you think is sleeper content that you were just like absolutely enamored by that you just you couldn't miss, you know, when it was first on TV or in the theaters. Join the conversation and share it in the blog post for this episode over at podcasters.com slash 284 or join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcasters and let us know what you're watching and think we should watch as well. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Podcasters Nation right now because I didn't hear a single mention of High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> <laughs> Which is 100% my new guilty pleasure. Is it really? Yes, <laughs> mine, I'm loving it. Mine is currently Encore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's so good. I love the premise of getting these old high school production teams together and cast and giving them five days to put on the exact same uh, performances. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, you could tell that they're struggling to get back into right. that you know, that acting mentality, especially if they haven't done it in 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just so good. I'm digging awesome. it. Awesome. High School Musical, the musical, the series. That's a mouthful. It's so good. I am also enjoying that. I didn't think that I was going to. <laughs> but the way that they're presenting the story, very, very Parks and Rec office-esque you know, with the talking heads every so often. It's but very have, glee, too. It's very glee, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm digging it. I love yep. it. I just, 
and actually this this will lead me into the final point that I want to talk about before we kind of wrap up this episode is how do you feel so far about the fact that these episodes are not dropping Netflix style or, you know, HBO Go style where they're dropping everything at once, but instead they're dropping them one week at a time? Uh, Smart move by Disney. I, I, I mean, that's how I see it. Business point. I mean, yeah, you could have your one week, but you could only see one episode if you did that the first week. You can't see all the other episodes that are going to drop weekly. Are you talking about the one-week trial? Yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, and I I also feel like once they ramp up their production level, like they've got a lot more originals that are slated to be released, right? Oh, but yeah. But right now, there's just such a small group of originals that if they released them all, then people would have binged them all a week ago and there wouldn't be anything new to watch for who knows how long, right? Until right. Yeah. The Marvel shows start up. And then, you know, so I think that maybe like next year, like in year two, like the releases will be more Netflix style or Hulu style where they're dropping it and you can binge, right? But mm-hmm. I, th- I think mostly it's it's down to they don't have a lot of content yet. Right. I'm, I'm loving it though. I mean, it's because... Um, I'm I'm a horrible person that comes and is like, oh my gosh, new season! I'm gonna watch the whole thing in like two hours, yeah. and it's like I I don't save it, so this is actually helping me maintain my focus and <laughs> attention span, and I could watch it. Yeah. So I think the biggest, uh, honestly, I really hope that they continue this trend because. Yeah. I think one of the things that I miss the most about traditional TV is the anticipation of the next episode and the ability to talk to people about that episode without spoiling future stuff yet. Because mm-hmm. yes, for I don't know about you, but when I'm talking about something that I binged, a lot of it kind of seems to run together for me and I sometimes can't distinguish like well this happened in episode two and this happened in episode four for me and it all just becomes one giant narrative the way that it wants to be told Mm -hmm. and i'll sometimes spoil things that somebody hasn't yet seen but in in this case if you go past that one week mark and you haven't seen it but you planned on it okay well maybe if it gets spoiled sorry but this at least kind of gets you back to that, hey, let's kind of have this conversation about this episode. Let's see what happens. What do you think is going to happen next? I think the concept of maybe doing like viewing parties with your friends and the anticipation of like getting together to watch that next episode is something that used to happen a lot that doesn't happen anymore because of, you know, people binging at two o'clock in the morning when something is out. And maybe that's just kind of a little old school of me, but I I really like the fact that these are coming out on a weekly basis and just because of that. Yeah. Same here. Uh, okay, so to wrap things up here, uh, there's a lot of content coming out. Obviously, there's a lot of, like Gavin said, there's a lot of Marvel series that are going to be coming to Disney+. Plus. This week, we're getting The Little Mermaid live. So if you never had a chance to watch that when it aired on ABC, The Little Mermaid live will be on there. Mixed reviews about it, but at least watch it and form your own opinion. We can talk about it in a future episode because I think we briefly Uh, touched on it but never really had a discussion about it um coco's coming to disney plus uh this week as well obviously more episodes of forky ask a question which by the way (laughs) forky ask a question great little series 
totally digging Forky asks a question. The Imagineering Story, World According to Jeff Goldblum, Marvel Superhero Project, Encore, all those series are getting new episodes this coming Yay. week. Henry Muggle <laughs> Monster, Miles from Tomorrowland, Star versus the Forces of Evil. Um, there's so many things. One Day at Disney is debuting on December 3rd. We posted this on Instagram, and I'm so excited about that coming. Thor Ragnarok, the best of all the Thor movies, is coming yeah. in December. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. So, uh, again, keep an eye out because there's always going to be new content. I haven't seen it happen yet, uh, but I hope that in the new and trending, Disney also comes up with a section that says new to Disney Plus so that yeah. you immediately Ooh. know what the new stuff that was added was. I think that would be a really good addition to the service. Overall, I think we're all having a lot of fun with Disney Plus. I think being able to relive a lot of our childhood memories and a lot of these films like, man, I was watching Flight of the Navigator the other day and I was yeah. like, I, I love this film <laughs> and I, I don't want them to remake it because I feel it's going to ruin it. So leave Flight of the Navigator alone. I just just Indeed. leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Disney Plus, thirty original series in year one, seventy five hundred episodes of past series, five hundred movie titles to start, and thirty seasons of The Simpsons. Uh, currently, the only place you will be able to see them because Simpsons Land has officially been shut down by FX. So, let us know what you think. Let us know what you're binging. Let us know what the best thing and the worst things about the service are for you. Join the conversation by leaving a comment in the blog post for, the for this episode over at podcasters.com slash 284. You can also leave a comment again on, on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even on YouTube if that's where you're listening to this episode. Just search for Podcasters. Uh, any closing comments on Disney Plus before we close up today? Uh, I'm probably gonna watch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all, all the positivity. It's it's spent. The plus sign stands for positive. It's very very good. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Well said. Okay. Um, so before I wrap up this episode, I just want to quickly say something to everybody. Uh, I, I kind of briefly touched on this at the beginning of the episode, and uh, like I said, I don't tend to normally share a lot of my personal or private things but uh, I think this is an important message and I'm not the first one to say anything like this but uh, I think it's important to say and I think it's important to remember uh, that if you care about somebody and uh, you you truly feel for them you love them whatever the case is you should take a moment to tell them that because you just never know when the last opportunity you're going to have to do that is. <clears throat> um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up right there. If, if you have anybody that you haven't said that to, whether it's a, a family member, a friend, uh, a colleague that you may feel like that about, and, you know, not in a romantic way. I'm just saying, look, if you love somebody, tell them. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Tell them that you appreciate them and tell them how much they mean to you because uh, you just never know when the last opportunity you're going to get to do that is. So uh, I'm going to leave you with that uh, going into the holiday season. The holiday season is all about love and being thankful and being uh, with family and friends. 
and if there's anything that i can teach you with uh like you know we we like to end all the podcasts with a smile and a laugh and stuff like that but uh i i, I want to leave you with a smile in your heart and tell somebody you love them and tell them how, how you feel about them and how much you appreciate them uh especially this holiday season so with that said uh it's time to end this episode so keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic have a great week everyone bye major luck